You're listening to First Fossil. together how to take that first fossil toward becoming the best versions of ourselves. My name is Candice Olushala and today I have a really, really important guest to me because we have been friends since college and we have had such a great bond from orchestra and through other musical avenues and we've just really grown in our friendship over the years and it's just been such a blessing to have this guy in my life so without further ado i shall introduce you guys to one of my greatest friends in the whole world jonathan blackburn jonathan Uh, how you doing (laughs) how you doing hello what's going on it's such an honor it's such an honor to be on this official platform oh my gosh i know it's like our phone conversations have grown up and they're real adults now. (laughs) Is that what happens? Is that what podcasts are? That they're just like our grown up conversations for the world to hear now instead Mm -hmm. of just our phone conversations have officially moved through adolescence and they now have suits and jobs and briefcases. Yes, and LinkedIn accounts. Hey, Mm. there they are. Yes. What a podcast is. I'm so glad we broke that down for the for the people. And this, that's what a podcast is definition textbook remember mm. that mm. so have you been what's going on i'm good i'm good i'm just hanging out figuring out how to work remotely and yeah. um yeah gotten up to zoom i'm growing out uh, growing out a little bit of a quarantine beard yes which, you know for me isn't really that impressive but hey we're doing what we can it's coming uh, it's coming Oh man, I know. So you can see it, and you're being very kind right now. But I had the I had the biggest meltdown the other night. I went to go like trim it up because I'm trying to be a responsible man and like keep it looking okay and make sure it's growing where it needs to be and like all right. even and stuff. Right. I'm gonna talk like I know how to grow a beard. Right. Um, <laughs> obviously, I don't. Put the wrong guard on my razor to go like trim it up and took off like three fourths of it. No. Yeah, I did like a big like up the middle. <laughs> And I literally take a just picture? stared at myself in the mirror for like seven minutes. I was just like, what have you done? There's Mortified. no way you made it. Uh, so I just had to trim it up all at that length. And I got on the next day and they were just like, dude, you look patchy and not great. I was like, thanks. Thanks, thanks. Yep. Honestly. Yeah, I get to look at this face every day. So I know. <laughs> Tell me something I don't know. Thanks. Yeah, that was my biggest quarantine meltdown so far. Dang. Well, you know, I think a lot of people empathize with that. You know, they. I feel like a lot of people are going through this, uh, this struggle. You know. I hope so. I don't wish. I don't wish bad upon anybody, but I do kind of <laughs> hope that other people go through this because I'm gonna get to the end. We're gonna pop out the other side and go back to work, and everyone's gonna look at my face and be like, "That's it? Like that's mm. the whole quarantine, and that's all you grew? <laughs> like I can grow that in an afternoon." <laughs> oh my goodness, the struggle. You know? The struggle's real. The hair struggle out there, guys. I mean, we people about to walk out these streets looking like like tree monsters. It's gonna be rough. It's gonna <laughs> it's gonna be rough. Yeah, I'm gonna 
Jonathan, we all need to be prepared. Y'all yeah. need to be Can prepared I... for more than just the transition back to work. The eye adjustments. We're going to have to be real kind out there. Real, mm -hmm. Be real kind because you're going to see some people and you're going to be like, ooh. Oh, my, oh. Oh, yeah. I, oh, Lord. And eyes. it's okay to be surprised. It's okay to be surprised. You but don't gotta, be too surprised. You, you got to be intentional to keep it inside. You can't have yes. someone come around the corner and be like, ah. You right, right. Because that that's going to be all day. Yeah. All you just got to be like, oh, hey. I think that's you under there. <laughs> Susan? <laughs> Is that you, girl? Oh. Oh, hey. Hey. Yes. Yes. Girl. Woo. Yes. Mmm. Yeah, don't we fix we, it. We fix yes. We gonna, We fix quarantine. It, that's it. That's all you guys needed to know. That is our daily dose on how to survive <laughs> the transition back to real life post COVID. So you're welcome for the, the early tidbits from us. Okay, so tell the hente a little bit about yourself. Explain who you are, what you do, your purpose in life. That was a deep oh, last man. one. Purpose, maybe not. You know, we don't, <laughs> don't have to go. That's that was a deep, deep, yeah. deep dive there. We have to come back a little shallow water. You good? Okay. Okay. Shallow water. Um, <clears throat> I'm 27. Okay. I have red hair. Oh. Um, went to college with Miss Candace. Yes. We spent many a day getting glared at in the back of orchestra <laughs> for making nuisances of ourselves. That's what French yeah. hornets do. Yeah. And then the best part was, is we were making a loud racket and we would get in trouble when we weren't paying attention. But when we did come on time and hit our beats and counted our rest correctly and came in, we were still making a loud racket because we're French horns. Facts. And we're back. We're butted up against a concrete wall. So when it comes out the bell, it just bounces. Oh, and yes. it makes the most beautiful music. Yes. French horn, pinnacle instrument you can play. Yes. Doesn't get better than that. Ugh. Anything you've ever heard in a movie soundtrack that's ever giving you chills? It was the French us. horn. That was us. You're, you're, you're welcome. welcome. That was the French. <laughs> yes. Um, I think that baby dolls are terrifying. Oh. I think Agreed. that mushrooms are gross. I. I don't just like recently. Mushrooms. Go ahead. I said I don't like mushrooms that grow wild. Like oh, they just good. pop yeah, up. Yeah. You like those freak me out. Because, like, at <laughs> best, they taste gross, and at worst, they'll kill you. You understand me. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. I, I heard you start to say something, and I was like, if she's about to give me support on this mushroom thing, then no, like, monologue away. Petrified. Yeah, they're gross. Mm -mm. But <laughs> for helpful stuff for the podcast, I just moved to Nashville uh, recently, so I'm a, a recent Nashville resident. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's about me. I got a business degree. I play music. Life's purpose so far is bring as, bring as many smiles and laughs and make my friends and the people that I love feel like that they matter and that they're supported and they're taken care of. And that's all I got so far. I'm figuring out as I go. And he's doing a great job so far. <laughs> so I think he's going to be okay. Unless you're a mushroom. Unless yeah. you're a mushroom, then you, you shall die. Yeah. Um, it's fine. Not fine, but like, no, totally fine. <laughs> sorry, the not podcast sorry. right now. Like, get out if you're a mushroom, like, exit. So, what, like, to the topic at hand, what, <laughs> what for you would be a first basso experience that really was important to you, or even if it was just like a small, a small step, but it 
it made an impact on you what what would that be where did when did it happen what season of your life was it is it happening right now (laughs) dot 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 it is how did you know oh because i know you too well (laughs) yeah well it's because we do this all the time anyway we just never record it fact that's Um, true facts yeah i mean i think the best example I could think of that's the most current and least embarrassing would be this one right now. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we all have first steps all the time, every day. They're just little and we don't give them the gravity that they kind of deserve. Mm. Um, But yeah, the move to Nashville uh, made it a couple months ago, just at the beginning of February. And I think that was one of the first things that I really did. Um, That was a big, big, big step of faith for me without any, safety net without really any kind of like handrails along with it. Mm. Um, there's been other scary things and other steps of faith and other things like that in my life, but there was always, um, a little bit of help along with them. And there was always like a recourse where like, if it didn't go well, there was something for me to point at and be like, Oh, well, this is why it didn't go. Like if that, if that makes sense a little bit, there was always Mm -hmm. like other reasons. Um, like I, I had a pretty big life switch when I left Chattanooga uh, about three years ago. I moved up to Dayton, Ohio. I left a, a community of people that I loved more than anything. My family was down there. I went to college. I loved that city. Mm-hmm. And I left a bunch of really sweet people that I missed very terribly at first. Mm-hmm. But um, the Lord knew that I was moving to a community that I needed at the time. Yeah. And that I think in small ways sometimes needed me as well. Mm-hmm just as many sweet people up there. So many cool experiences, so many cool new friends, um, a church community that I fell in love with, a job that I love. Like there were so many good things waiting for me in Ohio when I left, but that switch, um, you know, when my friends would come to me and be like, Oh, we hate that you're leaving, you know, this stinks. Why is this happening? At the time I wasn't necessarily as excited about leaving either like I was really gonna miss my family and, and so I was able I to kind of be that. like I don't like it either I mean you know yeah. but this is the only door that's open so yep. hey and and this move to Nashville there wasn't that uh kind of discourse anymore like it didn't allow for that because this was something that um I loved Ohio and I loved the people and I loved my job and I loved the church community and everything um but music has always been the thing that has pulled me places like that's always the thing that I know that I was created to do and that my heart was created for and like that's always been the thing for me and uh yeah the decision to move in February was the first time that I was choosing to make a decision based on music and then figure everything else out around that versus um doing the next logical step in life and then figuring out how to attach music to that I like flipped it for the first time and that was utterly terrifying mm-hmm. uh and it hasn't really stopped being terrifying since yeah but we're figuring it out yeah and we we had talked about this jonathan i know <laughs> see this this is this is the relationship jonathan and i have jonathan calls me and he's like candace bada bada and then i'm like jonathan pop 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 and he's like candace i'm kind of mad that you said that i'll call you at another time and then <laughs> and I was like, because you know I'm right. Like, you know what I just said you needed yeah. to hear. And you just, like, yeah, you... let it sit in there. You may or may not be irritated with what I just said, but I'm like, I know you're going to receive it, so I'm going to say it anyway. Like, <laughs> you'll receive it, whether it's today or tomorrow. You're going to receive yeah. it. 
So of course, never been actually irritated with you, but like that's that's one of the reasons why I keep calling you and why you've been one of my closest friends since we met is that like I know you like you're gonna tell me what is real, you're gonna tell me what's true, and you you're not gonna temper it with what I want to hear and what I don't want to hear. So yeah, as bad as that can suck in the moment, it's what keeps people coming back to you. Like you draw people close to you. You always have. Oh, well, the, and that's I, one of the reasons why. I I believe in your talent too like so just backstory guys so jonathan messaged me (laughs) on facebook yeah i didn't because that was that was the communication medium back in 2012 yes yes dear youngsters if you've never heard of or have you heard of your parents talking about the facebook we were part of the the facebook era so, there weren't D- there weren't DMs yet. There weren't even really DMs. No, you just kind of like. There might have been on Twitter, but no one like used them. No, and Twitter was like an infant. Yes, it was definitely a fetus. And so yeah. he, you know, reached out on Facebook. Can I tell them why? So I'm, I mean, I'm just gonna explain because I feel like I don't know how to explain it. So okay, <laughs> so I was a student missionary which just means I was a missionary while also still being enrolled in university. So um, I took a year off of, of university and I, what would have been my senior year, I moved to Ecuador in South America to work with a church school and you know pour my life out there. That was Jonathan's first year. So we had just missed each other and yeah. He reached out to me uh, for, I guess, a couple of reasons. One, people talked about me in orchestra, and you're like, who is this guy? And then, secondly, um, my brother, fun fact, haven't said it yet, gonna say it now, my brother was on TV as a beatboxer on a TV show called The Sing-Off, you may or may not have heard of pentatonics, but Kevin Alusha is my brother. So Jonathan reached out and was like, whoa, connections. I figured it out. And so he messaged me and was like, hey, I'm an orchestra. I play French horn. I've heard about you. I've been watching the sing-off. Can't wait to meet you. And I was like, cool, this is awesome. So we kind of corresponded there. And then I came back and met Jonathan. And so since then, when I came back, I learned very quickly um, that Jonathan was basically our campus's version of Michael Buble. Like every, no, I'm about to be real, Jonathan. They need to know. You can't lie to your listeners this quickly. Mm -mm, No, we're not lying today. Today we're being very honest. Um, Jonathan's level of talent at that time was so profound to me and this this guy could i mean if he started playing he just had to be like birds flying high and you're just like and girls would be like oh my god it's Jonathan Blackbird and i was like he has no clue that he's he's so talented i'm sitting next to girls crying over what he just did and he just started the song like what is going on and he was just like 
yeah, I don't know. I'm just like trying to figure it out. I really love music. I was like, boy, you don't, you better go do something with this music. People are already crying. Like, come on. That's not everyone can do that on the first measure. Like, come on, let's go. So I, I mean, I take you to Pentatonics concerts and be like, that can be you. And he's like, okay. And so like, we've been having this Nashville conversation for so yeah. long. And I've been like, Jonathan, it's right there. It's right there. Just go to Nashville. And I mean, you, you, you ran the laps around above to the side of came back, <laughs> slapped it around. Like, I mean, I was like, yeah. is this boy going to go? So I finally let you have it. The last time we talked, what was it? Chris, was it Christmas ish around? No, yeah, Thanksgiving. Like October, November. And I literally just, I just gave it to him. I was like, Jonathan, you need to get your butt down there. We're not having this conversation anymore. <laughs> Move yourself to you Nashville. <laughs> We've been going for this for like, what, five years? This conversation's going. I'm t- I'm exhausted. You need yeah. to get yourself to Nashville because you are now, it's like, you're, you're never going to feel ready. But you are ready to step into that. And you just need to trust that you have the tools to make it work and it may take a couple months years figuring out the scene but at least get there because the the longer you wait the longer it's going to take and we done wasted a lot of time already and i'm tired like i said yeah so so i just had to give that backstory and he made it he made it to nashville and we were just you know Yes, just praise him anyhow. So excited. So, okay, you're nervous though, right? You yeah, made this for sure. move. So, what in you stirred up that you finally were like, I'm doing it? And how, what What made it different? You said you flipped it, like you, you flipped the, the, the way you did yeah, it. Can you elaborate that? Can you expound on that a little yeah. bit? What that means? Um, yeah, like I, I will not deny that it took me a long time to get to this city and to get to a place where I was willing to uh, just try and invite the embarrassment and invite the the unknown. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the mindset shifted finally, um, and uh, yeah, I, I I struggled for a long time with uh, whether or not. Uh, every musician knows this, but like, if, am I good enough? Am I good at all? Mm-hmm. Uh, do do people care? Um, yeah. You know, people respond well if you do a cover because it's a song that they love and it's a song that they're familiar with and they have nostalgia attached to. But like, will they care if I write my own words and mm-hmm. put it out there? And like, uh, them not caring would hurt a lot, but them disliking it would <laughs> hurt way worse. Right. And so, like, there's that risk of kind of, like, putting yourself out there, which is cliche, and everybody's talked about it for forever. But it's, like, it's real. When it's yours, it's real, and it's all-consuming. And I've always loved playing music, but the safe route was always to play other people's music. It always has been. Like, mm-hmm. um, I've gotten very, very lucky with so many sweet people that have, like, that have taught me things, that have mentored me in different ways, that have allowed me to, uh, like, stretch and grow and play. And so, like, leading worship um, for the last decade has been hugely transformative because that's a whole different side of music than everything we're talking about now but um like playing in orchestra 
that that's not music I wrote, but I love it. And it mm-hmm. gives me chills. And it was a huge part of my soul. I love it. Yeah. Um, I got to be a ho- the house band for uh, a comedy show that my yeah. roommate started in college. Like, got to do that for forever. But the, the, the point of that gig was to uh, get everybody hyped, get them on their feet, help them enjoy the night. And so it was like, play songs that are familiar, play songs that they're nostalgic about. Like, we were a cover band mm-hmm. in that that's sense. Spoiler it, alert, it worked. <laughs> it wouldn't have made sense in that realm to play our own music because that's not what right. our purpose was as the house band. Right. And since then, like I've I've been lucky enough to get to play at a ton of my friends' weddings and some weddings that of people that I don't even know. Mm-hmm. Um, but like being a wedding singer and a wedding musician, also tons of fun, love, love, huge romantic, tons of fun. Uh, yeah. But again, you're quite obviously at the mercy of the bride of like, she's going to tell you to play something and you don't really have a choice. You're going to say yes. And you're going to play it with a smile because it's her day. And that's the song that she wants. Yeah. So I played some weird stuff for weddings. Um, (laughs) But like, I I was always able to point to those things and be like, look, Lord, look, uh, Holy spirit. That's nagging me for something more. I still have music as a part of my life. I'm still doing what I like. I'm still getting, um, positive and negative feedback and I'm growing as a musician and I'm trying different things and I'm doing all these things and like look I'm still doing stuff right and I never was able to shake the feeling that like I yes I'm doing stuff and it and it matters and it's good and I'm pushing myself but like I'm not doing nearly as much as I should be doing Mm. um like the the parable of the talents in the bible is one that's like weighed decently heavy on me for a long 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 time yeah um because i don't think that there's a lot of people out there that truly think that they're the no talent people like mm. we're all good we're all good at something we all have a place yeah. we all have things to contribute for sure yeah um i don't think there's a lot of people that think they're the one talent person that like buried it in the sand and never ever used it and never tried anything mm. i also think that there's an equal amount of not many people out there that think hopefully that they're like the five talent person that had the most talents and went out and doubled it and had 10 and he was just the greatest whatever in that uh, parable. He was like the the poster child of doing what's right. I don't think there's a lot of people that relate to him either. I think there's a lot more people that relate to the person in the middle mm-hmm. that like, I know I've been blessed with things and I'm grateful for those talents and I want to work hard to make those talents better. But yeah. I f- feel like there's more that I could be doing. And I always just felt like that middle person mm-hmm. that like music is such a huge part of my life and it's everything that I've ever wanted to do. And I don't feel like I'm doing as much as I should be doing with it. I feel like I was meant for more than, than, than the little that I've invested in writing my own music and, and putting out my own lyrics and like digging into myself to find the words to say things that I want to say and need to say. Yeah. Um, and so like, that's a quick 10 years of all of the things that kept me up at night. Mm. Um, just like rolling around in my head of just like, what, what am I supposed to do? Blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, my job career path took me one place. Um, it's taken me places since then. And I was just kind of always along for the ride and trying to figure out how I could make music work with the, the priorities that were in my life, which was career and family and all those things, which aren't, they're not, not priorities. Now right. family's always going to be the biggest priority to me. One day, my own family is going to be the biggest priority to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but for some reason I just couldn't get away from, there was a lot of conversations I had. Uh, from a lot of people that mean a lot to me, you very, very much included, um, that all of a sudden I was just getting bombarded with people that were just like, Nashville, 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 Nashville. And I was like, Lord, uh, this isn't new. 
I've, I've been wanting to live there for forever. Not that this is like a promised land where everybody's dreams come true, but it, it can happen. And this is definitely a better place to live than other places. If you're looking to get it, like this is obviously a good place to live. If you're looking to get into music, like oh, if yeah. I dreamed of being on Broadway, I would be foolish if I, if I lived anywhere other than New York city. Like you have to right. be in the town where it happens. Yeah. So, you know, I was just getting that from a lot more sides, a lot more consistently, like all at once. And I was like, Laura, are you trying to tell me something that like, I'm not getting because I pray all the time. Like I used to have a, a <laughs> tangent. Um, <laughs> I used to have a, a Bible study with my campers uh, at summer camp. Like, and I would tell my boys this all the time. Like I freak out consistently about like, I know the Lord has plans for my life, but oh my gosh, what if I miss them? Like, what if I, the Holy Spirit's trying to tell me something and I don't hear it or I disregard it or I misinterpret it and like it's gone and then my life is I'm just living this meaningless nothing life because I missed the guidance of the Holy Spirit mm. and I would always tell my boys like I would show them in scripture like there's there's story after story after story after story of the Lord like reminding and reminding and I'm going to get a little bit louder and I'm going to get a little bit louder yeah. and when he was calling to Samuel and Samuel kept misinterpreting him yeah um he was just like, nope, all right, you're going to lay down, you're going to go back to sleep, I'm going to yell at you, and I'm going to yell at you louder <laughs> until you get it. Like, I'm not right. going to leave you behind, I'm not going to, you're not going to miss the train. Yeah. If there's something that I've called you to do, if there's something that I want to be a part of your life, yeah. I'm going to, and, and you sincerely want me to, like, to guide your life and to guide your footsteps, then, like, there's nothing you can do to miss the Lord's plan. Like, it's going to mm. just happen, and he's going to keep getting increasingly more and more obnoxiously uncomfortably loud until you finally get it yeah and that's kind of what I was praying in that moment where I was just like this isn't new feelings for me like I always feel like I want to do more with music but like it's getting real loud right now Lord is this like are you trying to tell me something about timing that I wasn't listening to before um and uh at the same time I couldn't get away from the story of Joshua so like the second time um the Israelites when they leave Egypt and they wander around 40 years and they they have a thing mess up and they go back around for 40 more years Mm -hmm. um quick paraphrasing of the bible but they get there the (laughs) second time and they're like great we're gonna go into the promised land like this is what the lord has asked for me to do and uh and uh the lord is like okay so yeah you got joshua's like can you can you uh part the the jordan like you've parted the red sea before like you've done incredible things for us uh there's a big old river between us and where we're trying to go so can can you do something about it because that's what you do and the Lord was like, uh, yes, but show me that you're serious. Tell your priests to pick up the ark and they all need to step foot into the river. Mm-hmm. Like you need to put your feet in the river yeah. and then watch what I'll do. Like right. show me that you are serious mm. about this and wow. I'll show you that I'm serious about it too. Yeah. And um, I was I was scared to death because I was talking to you about it. I was talking to my parents about it because um, we talk every day and they're the closest people in my life as well. So like talking to my parents, talking to you, um, talking to friends down here in Nashville. Like I'm getting, trying to get as much input from everywhere as I can and weight it the way that it should be weighted. Cause I'm, I'm struggling with this and I didn't sleep for, it was a, it was a rough couple months. Cause I was trying to figure out, like I couldn't in my devotions, in sermons that I would listen to it in church that like everything, I couldn't get away from the story of Joshua. Wow. And I was just like, okay, like Lord, you're getting loud. Like, what am I what am I not doing? And right. so I finally came to the point where I was like, I, I can't keep doing this. Um, I don't want to, I don't want to wake up one day in the future and know that I felt this way. And there was this amount of conflict in me and I didn't do any, I never tried. 
I never tried mm-hmm. to do anything. I never uh, tried to do more than what I was doing today. And I never like reached for anything like that. Yeah. And so I, I was like, how, how can I actually put my feet in the Jordan and see what happens? And that mm-hmm. was like, okay, I, the thing I struggled with the most is that I can't like describe to you how much the city that I moved to in Ohio means to me, how much those friends mean to me, how much that church uh, and that community and everything that happened in the two and a half years that I was in Ohio, how much that helped heal a lot inside of me that I needed healed. Mm. Um, Yeah. Some of those people are the most important people in the world to me. And so I felt like I owed them and I didn't want to leave because I was so like well-rooted there and I loved those people. And I was like, I don't want them to feel like I'm leaving because I don't love them. I don't want them to feel abandoned. I don't want them to feel like I don't care. And so there was like a little bit of like misplaced loyalty to them Mm. that was kind of pulling me back. And so all I was, I was like, okay, I know that's not bad. And I know that I definitely need to, in my interactions with them, like double down on the fact that I am not leaving because I dislike anything about this place. I'm leaving because I feel like this is what, my heart was called like my heart can't do anything other than this like i yeah. have to see what i can do with music if i put the full weight of my effort behind it i have to see what will happen because i've i felt like i was called to do this since i was in single digits like mm. 9 years old 8 yeah. years old yeah. like this has been it for forever and uh so yeah i was like all right lord this is going to be the thing if i <laughs> i'm going to start looking for jobs um i'm going to start like putting feelers out seeing what connections I have kind of pulling on branches and seeing what falls out of the tree. And, and if, if the, if the right job cut, like this is where I need you to step up Lord, because I'm like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to put forth effort and see if this works, but there's countless stories in the Bible as well of people that are just like, Lord, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to make it happen. And I don't really care what you say. I'm just going to make this happen because I want it to happen. And I want to move to Nashville. I want to, write songs for a living and I want to tell stories and I want to do all of that. But if it wasn't the right timing, if this wasn't what I can't imagine it not being what the Lord has called me to do, but like, if this wasn't the right time, then I wanted nothing more than to like, please make that clear to me. Cause I don't want to force this to happen if it's not supposed to happen right now, but I really feel like you're telling me that it's supposed to happen right now. And I was like, the only way I'm going to know if this is what you want me to do or not is if you help me with, the job because I can find a place to live. I can find the rest of life. Like I can find where my grocery stores are and make new friends and all that. So like I can, I can find all of that, but a job is what's going to help me pay rent and feed myself. And like, it's going to be really important. And so I, I sent out a couple resumes and the job that I'm happily working now reached out to me in like a week and a half. Wow. And they were so so overwhelmingly quick and concise in what they wanted and what they asked of me. I went through probably five or six interviews with them and it was like, it was done. It was signed, sealed and delivered in like two months. Um, and the second that I decided in my brain, like, okay, all right, like, Lord, I can't, I don't want to be in the wrong Bible story here. Like this is the story Mm. of, you won't let me get away from the story of Joshua. So like, give me whatever it takes to be Joshua in this situation and to step both my feet in the river. And the, the tidal wave of doors flying open and positive affirmations he gave me as soon as I sent out my resumes 
um, was really, really, really overwhelming. Like all the things that happened in such quick succession to get me to this place in this city were, it was a lot to handle all at once. And it was really, really overwhelming in a really good way of mm -hmm. like, it felt like I, I took a baby step towards what the Lord wanted me to do. And it felt like all of heaven was just like, oh my, finally, like it felt like they were just <laughs> freaking out. Like, look yes. at all this I had for you. Yes. Like all of a sudden there was just so many things like boom, 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 laid out in front of me to get me to Nashville. And it felt so much like the Lord was like, oh my word, I love you. Finally, look at what I've done for you. Like, mm -hmm. look at all of this is laid out in front of you. Like, go take it, go walk towards it. I'm going to walk with you you and we're gonna figure it out yeah. and it was a hugely emotional three months uh, process uh, so that was from like what was that december i guess to february when you moved yeah yeah i mean it was it was november ish it was probably november. beginning of november okay to february so and i like i had age. a lot of people tell me different things like uh middle of november is probably when i talked to um my, my boss, the guy that, that pulled me up to Ohio, like he's someone that I've looked up to for a really long time. Mm -hmm. I really, really respect him. Yep. So we sat down and talked and, and that was kind of when the whole process started as to mm -hmm. say like, this is what I feel like I'm supposed to do. I'm yeah. interviewing for jobs. I want you to know yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah. And I talked to you after, a little bit after Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I had people in Nashville that were just like, you just need to do it. Move yeah. tomorrow. I right. don't care. You can live <laughs> right. with me. You yes. can live in the barn yes. in the back 40 on my ranch. Like, yes. I don't care. I'll, I'll feed you. Yes. Uh, just do it tomorrow. And I was like, I know that that's not it either because like my personality type is like, I, I do need to look a little bit before I jump. Like, I don't want to just have this. I, I think there's a balance. It's so hard to talk about this because it's such a fine balance. There's so much that's good about like helpless faith of like the Lord will provide, he will take care of me. He will guide my feet and I will be okay through this. Right, and I right. believe that wholeheartedly. Right. But I think the balance is that I definitely, definitely didn't want to fall into was like a presumptive faith of like, Hey Lord, mm. I'm going to move to Nashville because I want to peace work everything <laughs> out for me, please. Like I didn't want to assume that like, just because this thought was in my head that it was the Lord's plan. And all of a sudden, like, I'm just going to do it. Uh, cause that's not, that's not my personality at all. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. So, which is why, like, obviously you watched me for like seven years err on the side of being careful and oh not, my gosh. not do anything Ugh. like not even just, I'm not saying that like I should have, I, I don't even think that I should have moved to Nashville and done what I'm doing now back in college or like right. immediately post-college. Yeah. Cause I don't think personally or emotionally or spiritually or socially i don't think i was ready for that at the time i don't even right. know if i'm ready for it now but i know i'm a lot more ready than i was um it's the same way as like i was 14 or 15 no i was like 15 i watched american idol forever with my mom growing up we would watch american idol and survivor that was like our two shows oh, that we watched okay. together. Wow. Yeah. um it's great <laughs> but i remember that like the day that i turned 16 it's like that's i'm now old enough to try out for american idol and i remember just like losing sleep and being so frustrated because i'm like lord i know that i just mm -hmm. want to i want to sing for the rest of my life like I, that's the only thing that i want to do i sang my first words as a baby i didn't like start speaking my, i sang i've been singing my entire life and that was like the very first thing in like my developmental brain that i remember being like oh when i do this people smile like people 
are happier when I do this. So mm -hmm. I want to keep doing this. Yeah. Um, and I remember when I was 16, I was just like, oh, my word, Lord, this is awesome. I'm now old enough to try out for American Idol. I'm going to go do that. And then I'm going to finish up high school. And I still do want to go to college because I know that's the right thing to do. But like, bam, I can get going. Let's go. I feel like I can do this. Bam. And I was like so frustrated that I was like, it's just, it never, I it, I think that's a very common thing that a lot of people go through is like, I feel like I'm ready for everything that I've ever wanted to do right now, Lord. And the Lord is like, eh, I've got. <laughs> I love your eagerness, I, child. I love you. But there's so many things that I need to teach you between now and like, sure, you might be, I, I, I think there's a good chance, like, sure, I could have been ready to sing and be, like, a, one of those weird child stars that, like, has albums and stuff. But, like, would I have been able to put together mindful lyrics in a cohesive album mm. that said something that needed to be said that was important and meant something to somebody? Would I have been able to be the man with enough integrity to handle what it's what it feels like to have fans and people look up to you wow. and people that want stuff from you and people that that will flock to you for good and for horrible reasons like yeah there's so many other things that come with wanting to tell stories and meet people and sing songs yeah. and say something that matters there's so many things that come with that that are so 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 positive and so 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 negative and like would i have been able to handle that in a way that would have glorified the lord and fulfilled my own life back then and, and i, I think the answer is no family i think the answer is no <laughs> Yeah, like I was watching an episode of Songland, the premiere of, of season two, and this dude was singing a song called like Sometimes the Heart Just Takes a Long Way Home. Like it's just this thing. And he and Ryan Tedder were having a conversation about how like he's an older artist. He didn't get started until later, but like the the right things will find you at the right time. Like it's never too late. And I was just like, Cool. It's lunchtime. I have a meeting at one and I'm sobbing my eyes out as I'm mm -hmm. eating my lunch watching this because they're talking about how like, of course, in my heart, I wish I would have gotten started on this at 16. I wish I was the type of person that was like confident enough in my own lyricist inside to like have started writing my own stuff at 16. But I wasn't. I was incredibly insecure about that then. I'm still pretty significantly insecure about it now. But the right things are going to find us at the right time and it's never too late to start doing something that makes you feel electric and it makes you feel like this is what I'm meant to be doing. Mm, that's I really, talked a lot. I'm no, sorry. That was powerful. That was, that was so great. Like, I mean, it just brought up so many thoughts in my head. Like I, I, I think of what you said about, I feel like I was at this space and I was eager, but it was, it was like the Lord was saying, not yet. Yeah. And then at the time, He's saying, okay, go. You're like, I don't know if I'm ready. It's almost like it flipped, right? Yeah. Like you were the eager one. And he was like, my child, let's mm -hmm. step back. And now he's like, go. And you're like, Aah! you know what I mean? <laughs> so like the yeah. whole script just totally flipped. And yeah. I th that's, that's just, that is so relatable. I think, mm -hmm. you know, I think of, I kind of think of Moses in that latter half where he was like, yeah. The Lord was like, you can do it. Go out there and tell him the things. And he's like, I mean, Aaron's pretty good. And he was like, did I did I say Aaron? Isn't yeah. your name Moses? I'm, all, I'm looking at you, son. Yeah. You go do it. And he was like, I, I stutter, Lord. He's like, did I stutter? Nope. Go do it. Yep. And he was he's like, okay. Yeah. And it, he, he's like, I'm not asking you to, I'm not asking you to have all your lyrics. I'm not asking you even to have all your skills. I'm not asking yeah. you to have all the equipment. 
I'm not asking you to know all the people. I'm just asking you to dip your toes into the situation and then let me handle it. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. it. That's all I need you to do. Because if once we're there, and I think we're, I, he's like, I as the Lord who has watched you and protected you in your development and growth, I now think this is the time to now enhance the rest of your growth in that season over there. It yeah. is, this is it. And you know, I, that the idea of like, I'm not ready. I, gosh, I felt like that was pharmacy school. I was like, mm, yeah. absolutely not Lord. And he was like, well, you're already in. So go ahead. And you're like, okay, I'll just study yeah. and see if I figure it out, you know? And, and that's just how God works. And that, I think that also allows us to not be so, well, I did just such an amazing job. I was so good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was the best. You know, we yeah. we don't have, we can't do that. You can't do that. Because now when now that you're there, you're going to be like, man, I, pff, I could not have made yeah. this up. This, this would not have happened on my watch. Absolutely oh, yeah. not. Like, there, there yeah. in, in Nashville, there are a million things that I see and hear and interact with every day. Mm. Obviously, before I was in my apartment. Uh, every day, all the time. Right. Uh, pre, pre-quarantine, right. there are a million things a day in Nashville that make me feel insecure, that mm. make me feel like, oh my sweet goodness, I am not talented enough to live in this city. Like, I am not good enough to be here. Like, this is a whole new league. Like, I'm not cut out for this. Mm. And you, <laughs> you thought of a way better analogy than I did for that whole, like, flipping in in mental state with Moses and stuff. Was... I was thinking like, well, like Christmas, you remember Christmas morning for like weeks, you've been looking at these presents and like, all you wanted is to just tear into those presents. Like, yes. yes, it's time. And then like, it's Christmas morning. Your parents are like, go ahead. And you're like, uh, are you sure? Right. Is, it a, is it a trap? Right. Do you really? And they're like, no, 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 no. Like it's now Christmas morning. It's time. Go ham. And you just go tear in the presents and like, bam, it's time to go. Yes. Um, like, the thing that I keep reminding myself is, like, I, I grew up playing sports. I absolutely, like, my whole family is a sports family. Like, I love sports so You're much. So, from a sports background, like, the way I'm trying to think about it and not be, like, I'm so old to be trying to start this whole process is, like, so the, the vast majority of what happens in uh, what important things happen in an athlete's life are pre-game. Like Mm. it's time in the weight room. Mm. It's time working with people that are better than you. It's time spent on the practice field, training, strategizing, preparing, conditioning, getting ready to go so that when that whistle goes off, you're equipped to excel. Right. Yep. And so that's kind of how I've been trying to treat and wrestle with. I don't want to live a life with regrets. I don't want to look back on the last 10 years and be like, Oh my gosh, if I could go back these, this is this is a thousand point list of all the things I would do differently because it's super mm. super easy and natural for me to do that. What are some all things you would have done differently? I'm an Enneagram four, so it's like it's easy for me to do that. But oh. what I'm trying yeah. to think about it is that like the Lord has been prepping me, and we've been in the film room, and we've been working out in the gym. We've been doing all these things to equip me with things that I can do musically, and the whistle blew in November and now I'm ready to play and now I got here and I'm ready to play. And just like in a, in a game, like you've got that angst right at the beginning when the whistle goes off. Cause like you, you, you know, things about the team in your head, but you've never really seen it. And like, 
you got to get a feel as to like what their strategy is and what who they like you just got to feel it out Mm -hmm. right as the whistle goes and that's the kind of situation that i feel like i'm in right now because as the game goes along like you have to adapt to what other people are doing you have to adapt to how you're feeling and what you're doing and what the weather is like all that kind of stuff and like Mm -hmm. the same thing in nashville like now that i'm here i have to trust that i have one the talent to be here which Mm -hmm. is that's going to be the daily struggle uh two that I have something of importance to say and that we all have something of importance to say and and that I'm going to figure it out as I go. And everyone's going to figure it out as they take their first steps towards whatever they're feeling called to do. Like once you can have the confidence internally that you've been prepared by the Lord and by your own hard work to do something like when that whistle goes off, go for it, like go for it and have fun and trust that when stuff happens, you're going to be able to figure it out because of stuff that you've been through stuff that you've done. Like, you're going to you're going to be okay. Once yeah. the whistle goes, you just you, you have to go and trust that you'll figure it out. Yeah. Wow, that's that's so true. That's so true. You just sometimes you just have to like jump, you know. Yeah. Like here we go. You know, let's just see yeah. where we land. Trust that you did the training you were supposed to. And that doesn't mean you know, a lot of people say if you train really hard before the game, you won't have nerves. Well, that's not necessarily true. That's not necessary. Yeah. For some people, absolutely. They walk in like, yeah, I'm so overprepared. I got this. And yeah. for others, it's like, no, I'm just as prepared, but I still haven't done this particular game yet. Right? So yeah. I still, I still yeah. have to adjust myself and look around and see what's going on because I was doing pregame by myself with different people in a different yeah. situation. This is very, may, might be similar. There might be aspects to it that I can adapt to and figure out, but there's still going to be external factors that I'm going to have to figure out in the middle of the game that I would not have yeah. encountered unless I was here. So it's okay if you're nervous and freaking out and yeah, I think it's ideal. I think it's ideal if you're nervous because if you have nerves, it means you care about what you're doing. It means you're you're personally invested in the outcome, and especially like as it relates to music. Like, uh, yeah, like if I've practiced my face off and I know this song like the back of my hand and I can't get out of my head, then yeah, there's no nerves. If, If like my goal is to walk out there and sing it perfectly and walk back to the green room, like then yeah, why would there be nerves? Because I've done it a thousand times. I'm just gonna walk out, sing, and walk back. But that's not. Where, that's not what makes music meaningful. Like right. the nerves come from like, I'm going to walk out and I'm going to sing this thing that I've sung a billion times before. But this time I'm going to be making eye contact with someone who's never heard this before. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be singing for somebody that's never heard this. This, I, How am I going to make this thing that I've done a million times actually mean something to someone that's here tonight? Like how, how am I going to make their night different once they leave this venue than when they walked in? Yeah. And that's like where the nerves come from because now it has to mean something. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's going to mean something different every single time, which is super yeah. cool. That's, it's a, it, that's what makes music so beautiful that you can play the same piece over and over and just switch the, just switch your audience, switch your atmosphere, switch the players mm-hmm. that you're playing with, that you're singing with. And it's, it's all of a sudden it's a completely different experience. Yeah. That, it's that's amazing. It's so awesome. That surprise is like, I, that I chase that surprise so much of like when you're 
playing with somebody or you're playing in a venue you've never played with, like you're playing with a new band, whatever, and like someone does something that you weren't expecting, that's, I mean, that's everybody that's ever played with a band knows what that feels like when the band all of a sudden just starts like, just starts grooving and they found it out of nowhere and they just found this vibe from somewhere that they like, and all the band members are just looking around like, yes, (laughs) it takes you and you're like, oh man, like this is such a cool thing that like we couldn't have done separate. I mean, we even had moments like like that in orchestra. Like we, I mean, we were cutting up in orchestra rehearsal. We still played what we were supposed to, not going to lie. Like we did well, but there were moments (laughs) in, in the concerts where all, all of you, me, Jace, like the whole horn line, we are bawling in the back yeah. because of we're like yeah. it sounded so different from the orchestra room to playing at the concert, and it was like we put everything out there for everyone yeah. to feel it, and you could see it from from Mrs. Minner, and you can see it from the violin section, and you can feel it. I mean, we'd walk away like we just played the. The, the World Cup. Like, I mean, it was insane. <laughs> yeah. And we're just like, yeah. I can't believe that. it was emotionally different. And it was different every time we'd go to school, to school, we'd do these tours, and it was different in yeah. every place. And you're, you crave that. You crave yeah. that feeling over yeah. and over. It's so intoxicating. Yeah, because the practice room is where you iron out all of the technical whatever. Like, can you technically do this? Great. Once you get on stage, the only thing that matters is the heart of, like, what you're doing and who's listening like right. that interaction that conversation between you is literally the only thing that matters yeah because if you've technically gotten it down like if you've ironed out all the pieces then I, I i tell this to people that i work with um whenever we're leading worship all the time like your goal as a worship leader is to be a window like mm. your your goal people should not see you as a worship like your goal is to be a window so that they can look through you without distraction to the other side of what they're supposed to be seeing. Mm. And if technically you're messing up, if you haven't practiced, if you're off key, if you whatever, if you're messing up, then that's imperfections in the window. That smudges, that scuffs, that's cracks, whatever. And it's going to distract from what you're trying to see on the other side. Wow. And like, that's, that's what you said literally just nails it on the head. Like when you're finally doing it and you're on stage and you're in front of an audience, that you're going to interact with like, with Miss Minner, with our section, when the band, when the orchestra would come together, when the like violas who were struggling with something, like when they crush a piece that they had been like struggling with, or like we hit a crazy, we've been sitting out for eighty-four measures in a row, and then we have to hit like a high B flat, right? Like, pianissimo <laughs> yes, for some reason because yes. Mahler's a jerk, right? Like, yeah, like that kind of stuff, and like we we all do it together, and we're like quietly shaking and freaking out in the back, like that. Yeah, that's the kind of stuff you live for. Like that's why people play music. That's yes. awesome. That kind of feeling. Yes, Ugh, it's so nice. And and to go back to what you were saying about you know at sixteen and you feel like I should jump into auditioning for Idol and stuff like that, and God kind of pulling you back. Yeah. I mean, you were not. I didn't know you at sixteen. But I know you were not ready at 16 for <laughs> yeah. what the industry would have done. Especially, oh you, you word, hear yeah. it all the time. I mean, I think about Kelly Clarkson. I think about Miley Cyrus. I think I'm so mm-hmm. many artists that jumped in as children, which is fine. Yeah. You know, some people, hey, go make your music as, as children. Yeah. That's amazing. If you've got a support system, do it. But a lot of times, what these kids end up doing coming out of that they get to their adult stage and they go i've never actually done anything that Mm -hmm. is me 
And yeah. now they feel a bit lost. They mm-hmm. don't know who me is. And you go see them do all the things, like all of them. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, oh, what ha- what is yeah. going on? And people start freaking out. They're like, oh, they're on the cover of every magazine. But it's really them feeling like they didn't, they were handed an identity. They're like, this is a card. It has your identity written out. Now we're going to produce that identity in the studio mm-hmm. until you're 18, yeah. 19, 20. <laughs> and you're going to. For the next 70 years. Literally. And, and then your brain is going to explode one day and go, oh, wait. Hold up. Yeah. I don't know who I am because I've yeah. been told who I'm supposed to be for so long and now mm-hmm. I feel lost. Well, and-, and that's the crazy part is like that's what happens with positive affirmation. Like they Ooh. they you know like Yeah, yeah. You're doing great. Like yeah, like they That was perfect. They <laughs> were dropped into something, they were given an identity, they performed and like everyone loved them for. It. That's why they're child stars. That's where the star yes. came from. Like it's crazy that that amount of frustration and angst and insecurity and that amount of like uncertainty can come from positive interaction. Cause there's, there's, I can't imagine what it would have been like now having been through the voice process and American Idol and a, and a few other shows like that, talking with producers and feeling that type of, of uh, rejection and going through that process. Like I went through all of that at 22, 24, Mm-hmm. 24 and it yeah. was really difficult at 24 to go through that and, and like that being said of like how hard it is even when you do have positive affirmation for those kids that reach out and try and do it at 15 and try and reach out into the industry largely there are phenomenal people that work in the industry but largely the industry is very cold and very unfeeling like there's there's what chance does a 15 year old have of hearing that this thing they just did that was very vulnerable is not good enough because they're they're being compared to twenty eight year old savants who've been doing it for forever. Right. Like what what chance at sixteen would I have had on going on American Idol and then being like <laughs> no. Right. Uh, right. Re- yeah. Like then I would have gone home and been like, well, what? Like what am I even? What am I even doing? Like that would have been so much more difficult at that early age. So like, it's hard to see even things that the Lord has protected you from until mm-hmm. much, much later. Yeah. Cause at the time I was like, Lord, you're bridling me into things that this is so boring. This is not what I want. <laughs> and the Lord is like, you are not ready for the way that it feels to be in one of those cattle calls. Like it's, it's a lot more difficult than you at 16 think it is. Mm-hmm. And see at that point you would have carried the burden. Whereas now you know how to give the burden to him. Better, better than you would yeah, have better. then you hear that everyone's like 100 yeah. he thought about that but like it, you yeah. you are more willing at this point yeah. to be like okay i know for a fact that this should be handed to you give me mm-hmm. if i'm a little slow with this lord forgive me but i i promise this will end up in your hands at least in the next mm-hmm. couple of days but you know as, as a at, at a younger age that's not something that you you think about it's 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 yeah. about you. it's very much about you at that age and if if it comes at you brutally it can be spirit destructive it can yeah. be emotionally destructive mentally destructive i'm it it's bad because that's when you're just trying to figure out who you are as a person and then mm-hmm. you i your identity is to your talent and you just like equate it all together yeah. and it's a, it's just a mess it can really be a mess and i'm not saying adults don't go through that but there's something yeah. about that 
that adolescent stage that yeah. is just no that is Satan's territory right there it's, it's, it's literally a hot mess yeah because like uh in the, in the christian church specifically like one of the things that you're that you're hit with if you ever feel that way as an adolescent like even even still like one of the go-to verses for comfort in all of that was is where where paul says you know in all things i have learned to to find contentment. Like I've learned mm-hmm. to find peace and contentment in all things, but that comes only after he explains that I, I felt hunger and I know what it's like to be full and I yes. felt sorrow and I felt joy and I felt pain mm-hmm. and all that things. And like, that's the reason why I've been able to find contentment in all things, because I have those years of perspective. I've watched how the Lord has guided me through yeah. all of those things equally. Yeah. He's taken me through all measure of things and between like, I'm 27 now. So thinking back 11 years, the things that I've been through in the last 11 years, like mm. I feel a lot more solid in being able to be like, listen, Lord, I, I know that you're guiding my footsteps. I mm. know that you have a plan for me. I know that if I put forth effort every single day to start the day with prayer and to be mindful of the things that I do, then you somehow will make them have purpose. Yeah. And if that, if that's music, <laughs> great. If that's not music, that'll be tougher for me, but we'll figure it out because yeah. that, like I wouldn't have been able to have that perspective at 16 mm-hmm. like I do now. Yeah. And luckily, well, I assume I'll have a better perspective at 45 than I do at 27. Ooh, <laughs> That's let's, the goal. Let's claim that. Oh, please. That's the goal. Yeah. I'd like it to be getting better. Yes. Let's let it be, please yeah. be better. So then, gosh, with that whole journey, like there was so much that led to this I wouldn't even necessarily say this was, I guess this is your first big puzzle, you know, like the, you've yeah. had, like you said, there's so many other smaller steps that you took that were mm-hmm. necessary, you know, yeah. just to, you know, mentally prepare and, you know, get, get some extra skill in there and, you know, get comfortable with just in yourself as a person, as a, as a guy yeah. growing up and figuring yourself out. So... So then a whole that's episode. a that's a whole episode that we yeah. we don't even have time for today. We gonna have that's to table a that. Big old can of worms. We got to table that. Ooh, child, I'm telling you. Um, so yeah, with everything that you've you've talked about, from knowing like it was there was something in you from a small as a small child that you knew there was something about music that clicked with you and it made you yeah. tick and it it drove you to 16 having this i can do it stage and god <laughs> I'm ready. pulled you back held you by your shirt yeah. and was like mm, you better sit sit yourself back down we got some stuff to work on yeah and now at you know at 27 god's like cool you can get off the couch now and you're like oh this is the time you know and all yeah. of that, all every and everything in between there. Do you think? Do you think there's anything that you would have done differently in this process? I know you talked about there's things that you may yeah. have like regretted, or but like. Uh, you mean like if I knew what I knew now, and I could go back at 16 with like a 27 year old brain and do things differently? Right. Yeah. Oh yeah, hundred hundred percent. There's things I do differently because like if I could go back with the brain I have now, like I'd be a lot more confident and healthy and like i'd be a lot more whole in my brain like i would have started i would have started writing years ago if i could go back and tell my younger self be like listen that's uh ed sheeran's songwriting uh documentary that i found on youtube is 
phenomenal. And the mm. best analogy I've ever heard uh, cleaned up for profanity is <laughs> he said like songwriting is like you walk into an old house and you find a faucet and you turn it on. And like whenever you turn on a faucet that hasn't been on before or hasn't been on ever or in a long time, like it's going to be disgusting. Like it's going to be brown. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the grossest water you've ever seen. And the only way to make that stop is to let it run. Yep. Turn it on let it run the longer you let it run the clearer and and more good the water is going to come out and so like if i go back to 16 and be like dude just just write man you uh, you've got all these feelings you've got all these thoughts my whole family is so communicative so like we all we talked it out like i don't i'm not saying that i had a i definitely did not have a difficult childhood i did not keep a lot of things bottled inside Mm -hmm. um like we talked it all out but how much better would that catharsis would have been if I would have also been able to marry it with the medium that lit me up the most, like mm. if I could have also turned that catharsis, uh, into that's that word we said, we were gonna <laughs> if I could have turned that also into like a musical venture as well to grow me musically, like there's no way I would have done that. Uh, I would have loved it. And, um, there's no way I wouldn't have done that. I think I said that wrong. Um, yeah. So one thing that I definitely, definitely do want to make clear is that like, the Lord wasn't holding me back from anything at 16. The Lord was telling me there's so much more you need to learn before you will succeed in the venture that you want to do. Mm. And he didn't hold, cause if, if I say that the Lord held me back from something, I would be saying that the music that I've created and that I've made and that I've shared and collaborated with, with my friends, the last 10 years hasn't mean, hasn't meant anything, wow. which I don't believe. Yeah. It's, it's hard to feel it every second of every day as is with anything that's true and real and good in life. Mm -hmm. But if you're not happy performing in front of one person or six people at the dinner table or 14 people in a nursing home or 30 at your tiny home church, or luckily like 60,000 at an airfield or on in Carnegie hall or, or other cool places that I've gotten to play music. If you're not happy in all of those doing it in all of those different venues because it's music and because it's your heart and because that's how you connect with people, you shouldn't be doing it. Like the number of seats shouldn't affect how much you want to do it and how much you think there's significance in it. So I definitely, definitely wanted to clarify that, that like the Lord held me back from doing something that would have, who knows what would have happened when I was 16. It probably wouldn't have gone great. But I think what he was teaching me Aside from all of the little performance things, like I remember I used to like close my eyes so that I can think about it more or like stare at the ceiling and be really scared and don't move and be really stiff and blah. There's a lot that I've learned since then through some like hard feedback that I've gotten from people that I got off stage and I'm like, I felt like that was great. And they were like, hey, that sucked. Like no one, <laughs> no one connected with that. And I was like, that hurts. Like that, because I'm a four on the Enneagram, like that sent yeah. me to the bathroom and I cried for a little yeah. while and then I came back out and I was like, you know what? Now I know next time I get on stage, now I know it's an interaction. Like now I know it's a conversation and unless right. they feel what I'm singing, I'm just making noise. Right. So like there's incredible things between then and now that I know I'm not a fourth of the musician I am now when I was 16. Like there's mm. so much that the Lord needed to teach me before yeah. I was ready for whatever comes next. And I haven't done anything. I haven't made anything. Mm. I'm just in Nashville. So like I've, I've been the, I've taken a first step, Yeah. but like, I'm, I'm so excited about what comes next. Like I, there's completely unknown in front of me. Like very little of my situation has changed from five months ago when all of this was just an idea. Yeah. Um, geographically I've changed, but because of 
life circumstances and pandemics and quarantines and stuff like I still I, I arrived here guns blazing ready to go and then the whole the whole world shut down mm-hmm. and so I've had a lot of time to sit and think in my head about like what are the reasons why I did this what were good what were pure what uh what were self-serving what were selfish what were what what, what mm. ones I should set aside uh there's been a lot of time to stick in my brain about why I did this and what comes next and there's a there's a confidence now that I'm really really excited that you know, if you take those first steps that are well prayed out and well advised and well researched, like if you take those first steps in faith that the Lord will take care of you, then the Lord is going to take care of you. There's nothing, there's nothing that stops you. If you want to be led by the Lord, mm. that's the only qualification you need to be led by the Lord. Yeah. That's... There's no special knowledge that you have to have. Right. So what would you, I mean, you're literally, you, you just got your feet in the river. Right. Yeah. So yeah. what? Well, I watched him part the river, too, because that's that's what those are the circumstances that got me to Nashville. Like I stepped in the river. He parted the river and then I cried a lot. And now I'm, I think I'm in the process of walking across the river. <laughs> just, you know, just Post cry. I'm now walking across the river. There the it is. Side. So we're walking across the, the parted river. Yeah. And as as you feel like you're in the process of this walk to whatever's on the other side. Um, however long this walk has to be, what is your advice to anyone who is either in that season of, do I make this move to wherever, you know, whether, you know, the New Yorks, the, the LA's, the, the Nashville's, the Atlanta's, you know, of whatever industry they're trying to do. What is your advice for someone who might be in that similar situation? Like, why am I here? when I feel like I'm supposed to be there or I don't, I want to be there, but I don't necessarily feel good enough to be there yet. And that, that process of struggling, what is your advice to people in that season of life before they've gotten to this, this step? That's a good question. Um, the first thing that I would say, just cause I, my gut reaction if I was actually face to face having a conversation like this with someone would be to, to calm them down, to like take a deep breath and, and this is all going to be okay. Mm-hmm. It's big and it's real because it's your life and it's your dreams and it's your goals. But the, the success of your entire future does not rest upon the decision that you make today. Mm. Um, obviously this is, this is the first step that we've been talking about for this whole podcast. Yeah. Uh, but there, there are a billion first steps that I made in my lifetime to get me to where I'm at. And a lot of them have been really good. And a lot of them have been really, really bad. Um, or not bad, just in the wrong direction Mm -hmm. or backwards sometimes. Oh, a little, little moonwalk. Yeah. 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 Um, like I said, this is a, this is a, a giant step of faith that I've wanted to make for a really long time and haven't for reasons. Mm. If the reasons holding you back are truly 100% insecurity, you don't feel like you're good enough then then yeah exactly like you said read the story of moses read the story of abraham read the story of david read the story of joseph read the story of abigail like read the story any story in the bible and it'll it'll scream the power of jesus to equip people that are willing to do things that they never could have been able to do on their own so if it's purely your own insecurity and feeling that you're not good enough to do it try because just just try. There's always um, in uncertainty, 
obviously there's a 50% chance that it doesn't go well. And that's when like, I pray that you have a support system around you to help. Um, because especially when it's artistic, especially when it comes from your heart, especially when it's in this vein, it hurts so bad Mm -hmm. when it doesn't go over well. Yeah. And those performances, those artistic choices that I've made that have resulted in that are burned into my brain Mm. forever. And I replay them all the time, the Mm. biggest failures, but there's still 50% left over because I have a business degree. So I know that if it's 50% chance Mm. of it failing because of my business degree, I know that there's also 50 more percents that mean that it could go really, really well. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. That was a joke. Uh, (laughs) The, it's just, there's just as much a likelihood that it goes well. Like there's all kinds of people that can surprise you. And like, I don't know, I don't know if there's time for another really short tangent. Go ahead. Um, you take that tangent. I, mad. I, uh, I work in a, like a business developer, business analyst kind of role now where I'm working with companies and trying to help them grow and that kind of thing. Um, and I was having a difficult time getting through to one of the clients I was talking to and I was just sitting over lunch once and I was a little bit frustrated. And I was like, I just don't know why I, I haven't been able to break through with this one person yet. And I was just like, Lord, what am I supposed to do? Cause I want to, I want to do the best I can do with whatever's in front of me. And like this job and this career a, apart from music is also something that I'm proud of. Like I really like the role that I'm in um, currently that's paying the bills. And I was like, I'm just going to write this person a song. I wrote this person like a 25 second little jingle about like, Hey, uh, it's not, it doesn't matter what it's about. It was really stupid. It was really dumb. I cracked myself up. I thought it was really dumb. And I was going to send it to this one client. Cause it was going to like, basically just asking him to hop on the phone with me again. Like we'll sort things out. But I was just like, Hey, maybe pick up your phone. I wrote this, like just this dumb little jingle for them over lunch. And I sent it to them and my boss found out and freaked out and thought it was the funniest thing that they had ever heard. And the the marketing team for my for my work has now picked up this jingle and they want to make it like a a thing like they made it they made a cut of like 30 people across the company singing it and they've are you serious got their logo on it and they're like this is like it's creative it's authentic it's honest and i was like it's dumb i wrote it while i was eating a taco like this means this was such a a randomly stupid thing that i did just to try and make one client smile. Mm. So like when you're thinking of the little things that you do and how insignificant they are and how, um, you know, it's just this little thing that you did or this little thing that you wrote, or Mm. it's just, you know, this little comment of encouragement you gave to your friend or this little thing that you did for your parents or your roommate or, uh, this little video called Julio that you put on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Like there's, the little steps that you take are way, 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 way more important than the baby step that I took to get here in Nashville. Like the little steps every day when you wake up and you do the right things in faith and in integrity Mm. and in a humorous, positive spirit and for the betterment of the people that you love, those first steps that you do day after day after day after day will get you to places that are way, 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 way more exciting, way better, way more fulfilling than the giant step that you think you have to take to get to where you want to be. Mm. I don't know if that makes sense. I don't want that to scare you away. If there is something in your life right now where you're like, I don't know if I should do this. And it really truly is right for you. Know that 
don't listen to this redheaded kid that you've never met on Candace Elizabeth's <laughs> podcast. Listen to your heart and the Holy Spirit and know that the Lord isn't going to let you miss that train. Like yeah. he's not going to let you miss his will. If that really is the will for your life. Yeah. But all like, don't heat more pressure on yourself than you need. Like let yourself live. Like right now we're in quarantine. Like there's very little earth shattering, crazy earth changing things we can do while we're trapped in our apartment. But like when Joseph was in prison, he had nothing to do except there were two people that he could interact with. Mm-hmm. I guess three, if you count the jailer, but he yeah. had uh, a bread maker and a wine taster. And he literally just by being himself and by being a man of integrity and probably good humor. I think Joseph was probably like hilarious. Probably hilarious like they're hanging out all day, every day. And just by being himself and doing little things day after day, after day, after day, they trusted him to confide in him. And he changed their lives forever mm-hmm. for the baker very short life because uh, he died yeah. if you read that story sorry um, alert. but for the wine taste like joseph did what little he could with the few things that were in front of him and if i have any advice to anyone who's freaking out about big life decisions i think that's the most comforting thing that the people that i look up to told me mm-hmm. in that there's nothing that i can do right now there's no decision one decision that i make right now that will either make the entire rest of my future a success or a failure so take that pressure off of yourself do what you can with today and take the first steps that you can and trust that that's going to get you to where you should be anyway wow that was awesome that was great advice jonathan look at you look do you want to know why is because I'm on a podcast with Candace Lucia. I made myself tea because we're podcasting. There's a can, uh, there's a lit candle beside me. We're very podcasty together, and Guys, I'm so proud of us. We had the whole situation right here. We had so. the whole shebang. The whole shebang, and it was awesome. So thank you so much for being willing to talk with me today and share your story with everyone. I think everyone will appreciate that story. Whether whether you are, you know, Jonathan and I, we connect with God so well and he's our everything. And we also recognize and respect that not everyone relates to God like we do. But our hope is that at the end of the day, you still get something out of what we talked about as far as knowing who you are knowing that what's tick what makes you tick is there for Mm. a reason that Mm -hmm. don't make don't don't let anything or anyone make you think that what is that that desire in your heart that something's wrong with it or that it's not allowed to be showcased in some way shape or form the timing may not be what you think it should be. Mm. That trips us up all the time. Timing for what we have planned versus what actually happens or, you know, what God plans for us. We, sometimes we need to take time out of the, the equation. Sometimes time is very crucial, but sometimes mm-hmm. it really bogs us down. And being able to realize you know especially like a time like this you're like when when else am i gonna have unprecedented time to just sit down and actually cultivate what's ticking inside of me because so many other things are often happening we're going to work we're going to school we have chores to do 
We have papers to write. We have deadlines for our like grown up jobs. Whatever whatever stage of life you're in, there's always <laughs> something, you know, in the yeah. way. And right now we've kind of had this slowdown, which is very odd in the American eye to yeah. just just sit down and be with yourself and really listen to what's inside of you, acknowledge it and realize it's there for a reason. What can I do during this time to cultivate that? Because I that time might not come back, right? And it's not that you won't be able to still grow and develop and be your awesome self. But this time, like, quarantine, stay inside, social distance, and... Think about that. Write, write, write it down. Write your. Th- I hope you're journaling, Jonathan, because this is such a great time to really just be like, what is going on? Like all the the thoughts that I'm going through each day. Those things turn into lyrics, by the way. When you start writing yeah. that stuff down, y'all need to journal. That might turn into something later. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. You know, it's that the process, the the emotion, the mental state, the conversations you have with people. Write it down. Ponder on it. If if you are a Christian, if you're venturing into Christianity, trying to figure it out, open the Bible and start reading just stories of what other people have gone through, how they processed it. You know, talk to other people that you know about their stories, how they got to where they are, how they processed it, and and realize that you are also one who can be where they are. You can mm-hmm. be on the journey that they're currently in it's this might not be the exact time it's supposed to happen but this is also the pregame time pregame time is equally if not more important than the game time yep and don't feel bad if you feel like you're still stuck in the pregame actually be thankful that you're in the pregame because it means you have more time to really cultivate and nurture and assess and reassess and and get to know your craft and get to know how you tick and get to know what what suppresses that 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 burning desire in you all those things the positive the negative the good the bad really sit and think about that ponder on it and allow yourself to feel truly blessed to be in this season so that way, when you are ready to take that step, you will realize, like Jonathan said, there's all these little steps that you've already been taking. Mm-hmm. So that way, when you when you do take that step, yeah, sure, it might be scary. That's fine, but it's going it's going to feel refreshing to yeah. finally just, oh my gosh, my feet are in the water. I'm yeah. here. Now what? Like now you're like, okay, I'm ready. Like my my God, you know, all the sensors are up. What are we doing? How is this working? I'm pretty sure I may fall yeah. a little bit, but we're going to get it because I've kind of done some stuff in the pregame that have prepared me for the ups, the downs, the goods and the bads in the actual game time. Yeah. You'll feel you'll feel more confident in the game, even if you don't feel confident stepping into the game. Once the, yeah. the game really starts rolling, you'll be like, I got this. And you'll be able to help other people along the way who are also in their pregame time or they're stepping into their game and you'd be like, yeah, I'm a few steps ahead of you, but like, I promise you what's up ahead is really cool. And you can really cultivate that community 
and support as well in that. So I think that's like the biggest thing too, in that like either one of those sets of times, if you're in the pregame, if you're in the actual game, doesn't matter. Both of the like neither of those sets of times are ever existed in alone. Yeah. Right? Like you've got you've got so many people around you. Uh, feelings are real. Mm. They're heavy. Yeah. They're great. They're bad. Don't discount what you're feeling. Like yeah. if it hurts, it hurts. And yeah. then it's it's okay to be frustrated. It's okay to struggle. But please, please, please don't do that alone. Like reach out to someone. Talk about it verbally. You'll be so surprised how many people have uh, life experiences and uh, emotional similarities. And like you'll, you'll be surprised how many people will relate to what you're going through. Yeah. You'll get bad advice that will hurt sometimes. Mm-hmm. But you'll find so many more beautiful people. Uh, if you just talk about what you're going through and you're open about it, like vulnerability is, is it's hard. Is, yeah. It's what's, it's what's going to get you through. Mm-hmm. Like I find myself now in Nashville with, with like no training wheels on, like for the first time in my life, if, if I can't make my dreams happen in music here, then I wasn't cut out for this because I have no more excuse of like, if I didn't feel like I was in the right place before. Um, I could be like, well, it's because I don't live in Nashville. Like, if I lived in Nashville, everything would be better. Now that I live in Nashville, it's on it's on me to like make it work. So it's on me to be communicative, to reach out, to be vulnerable and honest about what I'm feeling, to to exist in the way that is healthy. Like, mm. if you're struggling, if you're feeling something, feel it. Don't discount it, but reach out to people too, because yeah. as much as your feelings are real and as much as they should not be ignored, they also they need some balance. I do you which is a terrible yeah, last thought to give. They, no, it's they true. They lie to you. Let's do, why, we're going to be real. Your feelings will yeah, lie to you. Yeah. Go ahead, tell them. It's oh, true. for sure, for sure. Which is why it's another, like, that's another good reason as to why it's good to, like, talk about it. Because if you truly are, like, being crazy, you've got those people in your life to be like, hey, you're being crazy. You should yeah. figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's a lot more people that want to have your back than you realize. Yeah. You're not You're not alone in whatever step you're you're worried about taking. Yeah. Man, good good conversation. Great topic. I loved this. This was mm-hmm. awesome. And I think we'll have to like do an update in a year or something be like, "Jonathan, so okay. what happened? Where are we in the we'll the walk so through the river?" A beard in a year. Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> his beard? Uh, oh. Yeah. Oh. I just want to see the like boom. Yep. So all razor issues. I'm yeah. Be solid. Yeah. Mm. We're blessed. Yeah. The struggle. <laughs> Man. Yeah. Let's hope the beard and the situation. Yeah. Please let us not be quarantined <laughs> next year. Let's get out of this situation. Mm-mm. So again, well, thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much. This was great. Can people find you on social media somewhere? Yeah, if you want to. Um, uh, yeah, my, my Instagram handle is Blackburn, my last name, with as many R's as I needed to put before the username wasn't taken. So it's Blackburn with three R's, B-L-A-C-K-B-U-R-R-R-N. Yes. <laughs> and my Instagram is functioning as like the behind the scenes in my life thing. So I'm trying to document the process too so that I, when, as I look backwards, I can look back to like, man, I posted this and I can listen to it. And I can cringe every bit as much as it deserves to be cringed at. But I can be like, look how much, like, look what's changed in the last two years. So, yeah, uh, if, if you want to follow me on Instagram. Guys, you should really follow him. Would. He's really funny and 
Because sometimes, like, okay, he had, no, he is funny. He's actually hilarious. He'll post, like, funny things, and he also posts, you kind of put little musical teasers out there often, you know. Yeah, every now and then. Every now and then, so Uh, super cool. Um, I will say this, like, if you do want to follow me on Instagram, that's totally great. If you're struggling, reach out. I'll do my best to uh, hit you back in the comments. Like, I, I keep telling everybody that you're not alone and that people will be here to support you. I love to try and help support as yeah. much as I can. But yeah, uh, social media in its best state can be used to connect. So yeah. connect with me. That'd be great. Yeah. Uh, Spotify channel's coming down the road. Uh, as soon as I as soon as I can get things uh, produced and engineered out in a way that I, I want. Yeah. Um, yeah, real real music will be coming because that's what's it on my heart. It's about, it's about time to go. Yes. Um, cool. So li- look out for his name, guys. I have a oh, feeling. Dear. No, I have a feeling. We'll see. That we're going to be hearing the name Jonathan Blackburn all over the world. We'll see. We'll I'm see. just speaking that into existence because I have <laughs> we'll believed see, we'll it see. since the day this boy sent me a message on Facebook. So we're just going to keep on telling this boy till he realizes, oh my word, they know me in Bangladesh. That's right. They're going to know you in Bangladesh <laughs> too. That's right. So that's my only dream in life. <laughs> I, I want to be known in Bangladesh. <laughs> Uh, I've always wanted this moment. Hit me up with a timeshare. <laughs> Lord, yes. let me go. Yes. <laughs> I will visit you in Bangladesh, by the way. Thank you. By the, yes. Candace, I, uh, I, my goodness, you've been one of the best parts of my life for the, almost a decade now. Uh, oh gosh, everywhere so you go, you leave the room a little bit brighter. I Aww. love you so much. I love you too. Um, yeah, these listeners are so, so, so blessed to get to hear you as many times as you put out episodes. This has been so much fun. Uh, <laughs> this, this is has, so much fun. This, this is what we do anyways. Fun. This is us, fun guys. fun to record it this time. You have just stepped into a phone conversation between Candace Lushla and Jonathan Blackburn, <laughs> and you're welcome. You are yeah. so welcome. Y'all, y'all deserved that. That was good. So thank you guys so much for listening. Um, if there are any topics that you would like me to cover in the future, any situations you want me to address or anything that you want me to bring a guest on to talk about, you can DM me, you can post on Twitter and tag me at First Bustle and we'll have a conversation there. And as well, send me um, tweets or a DM about your journey. If you are in a similar journey like Jonathan or if you're in that process of trying to figure out what to do with your craft, what to do with what's making you tick and not really knowing those steps. Share that with me. Share that. And um, I'll read some of your comments for the next time. Until then, I want you guys to take care of yourselves. Socially distance. Wash your hands. Please wash your hands. We talked about this last, last time. Wash your hands, people. Find yourselves a bar of soap. Soap is your best friend. Please wash your hands. Wear your mask. Don't go around touching everybody. Check up on people, but don't get too close. And stay safe. I know it's a tough time right now. Not everyone is dealing with the the Rona the same way as everyone else. Um, so, you know, process it however you can. If just waking up is what you can do, do that, you know. But... If you need to talk about that too, you can also message me about that. We can talk about it. So um, until next time, I will talk to you guys soon. And Jonathan, thank you so much. I will talk to you soon too, bro. Bye, te amo mucho.
Stay safe out there. Right. <laughs>